What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's College Basketball Betting Podcast. Here is your host, Tim Murray. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast. Joining me tonight, Matt Humans, And you will hear Matt Humans on this feed uh, as we give you the Circa College Basketball Contest. That'll be late Friday night, early Saturday morning with all of our picks from uh, the various college basketball handicappers. Uh, Nice listen as uh, you get ready for your day on Saturday. But Matt, uh, a pretty interesting Wednesday evening as we uh, hit record here. Um, The final seconds are, uh, I guess, less than a second in overtime. Alabama and South Carolina. We'll get to that maybe in just a moment. Brandon Miller, uh, 41 points in this one. And uh, I know this was a spot that uh, you circled South Carolina. Not a very good team, but a lot of distractions, obviously, this week with Alabama. So I'm curious, big picture for you, Matt, you know, who knows how all this is going to unfold with everything that transpired with the the murder investigation uh, down there in Tuscaloosa. But uh, is Alabama a team that worries you a bit, knowing that all of this is kind of over their head as they uh, as this has concluded? 78-76 winner, Brandon Miller at 41 points, but South Carolina an easy cover if you took the points. Yeah, that was an intriguing game tonight. I did take the 17 and a half of South Carolina. Not a real big bet because uh, Gamecocks are so bad, but I thought they could hang around, especially if the Tide was a distracted team, Tim, and I thought that would be the case. We've had two major controversies in college basketball this season. One was uh, Chris Beard's arrest at uh, Texas, 
And if he faded the Longhorns next time out, he cashed easily. And now this uh, Brandon Miller situation where I think uh, you're going to have the, the media mob that wants uh, Miller benched for the rest of the season or suspended or something. Uh, people are not happy that he's still out there playing. I don't, I don't have a statement to make on that. But from a handicapping perspective, I thought the distractions were going to be too much for for the Tide, especially in this first game. We'll see what the uh, lasting effect is down the road. But uh, I, I think there's a chance that this whole situation could sink a really talented Tide team because uh, I don't think the media is going to let up on this, Tim. I think uh, a lot of people are so upset that Miller's going to remain on the floor that uh, you're going to have a lot of criticism that's going to shadow Alabama into March. And um, so I'll be looking for spots maybe to fade this team because I think it's going to be some baggage that the Tide's got to carry into uh, the month of March. So, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the Arkansas game coming up on Saturday, but it's a, you know, it's a situation in Texas where the Longhorns are really shaky after the situation with Chris Beard. And uh, tonight the Tide uh, barely survive on the road as 17.5-point favorites at South Carolina. So I think that's one thing you always have to keep in mind from a handicapping perspective. You never know what the long-term effects are going to be. Uh, but that first game after a controversy like this, you definitely look to fade a team. Yeah, no, no it's no doubt. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking myself a bit for not taking the points, especially a home spot for South Carolina and uh, that game goes to overtime, as we talked about. Uh, Miller has a, a tremendous game, but an easy cover for you, Matt, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone else who took South Carolina. Uh, a couple other things from Wednesday night, just you know, big picture. You know, we talked about last week uh, maybe some teams to to back in the futures market. We did not mention this team, and maybe for good reason. Uh, Virginia was a team that seemed to be m- maybe soaring a little bit. Uh, we talked about uh, the. Really, the the game they should have lost against Duke uh, with uh, with a terrible missed call, uh, and ultimately UVA got a cover in overtime. Uh, for anyone who had Duke plus the six back on the on the eleventh, that was a rough beat. But since then, Matt, uh, UVA these are their last three games, including what happened tonight, which was an absolute debacle uh, up in uh, up in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. They were a 16-point favorite on the road against Louisville, who's horrible, and (laughs) won by three. 13-point home favorite against Notre Dame, won by two. And then tonight, uh, Wednesday night, as a nine-point road favorite at Boston College, lost by 15 and were held to 48 points. Matt, this is a UVA team that, you know, the metrics aren't that great. 34th in Ken Palm. Uh, offense is 69th. Obviously, they're slow as a snail when it comes to tempo. Is this a UVA team that you're going to be looking to fade uh, in the NCAA tournament? Well, I've been looking to fade this team anyway. Uh, I, I took the points with Notre Dame <laughs> last Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to back the Irish the way they're playing. They just keep losing, but they have been competitive. But uh, I, you know, one reason I haven't mentioned Virginia in any futures is I, I'm just not buying into this team. If you look at the Ken Palm ratings, Virginia's 69 in offense. And typically, Tim, uh, when you're going to bet a, a team in the futures to win the whole thing, you want that team, the profile of the past champions, it's got to be top 30 in offensive and defensive efficiency, both. And uh, Virginia, right now at 69 in offense, a long way uh, 
from fitting that profile. And I just don't think this team's got enough offense to get there. I mean, aside from the one year when the Cavs made the run to the Final Four, they got lucky to beat Purdue in the Elite Eight, got lucky to beat Texas Tech in the final. Tony Bennett's not had great tournament runs. And this team doesn't look to me like it's going to make a deep run in the tournament either. You can't lose by 15 points at a bad BC team and uh, tell me you're going to take this uh, Virginia team seriously. So, um, no, I, I, I would not even consider Virginia on a futures bet. And I will be looking to fade if yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, North Carolina uh, ekes out one at Notre Dame on Wednesday night as well. North Carolina mm-hmm. has as many quad one wins as the two of us combined, Matt. <laughs> uh, that would be zero. But an opportunity for the Tar Heels, uh, I, based off of the net rankings and, and where Virginia will be on Saturday to – to, to, to land that first one, and UNC is going to be a favorite again. Uh, any thoughts on what this UNC team is? It, it feels more and more like UNC was a team that got hot for a month as opposed to uh, a team that's, you know, a quality basketball program because, you know, UNC's had their fair shake of opportunities, and it just really hasn't been that pretty. Like I mentioned, you know, a win over Notre Dame on Wednesday night as a six-point road favorite, uh, don't cover – uh, that snapped a stretch of you know of one in five basketball where they played well once and uh, outside of that really uh, you know we'll, we'll see but uh, you know UNC UVA used to be a, a must watch type of game I can't can't really say that's the case on Saturday. No, what and what do you make this number? That's really uh, <coughs> excuse me, really interesting number to make. UNC's got to be the favorite. I was going to say UNC by two. I don't know. Uh, like you said, yeah, three, somewhere in that ballpark, three at the most, Two, three, yeah, uh, with zero quad one wins, and with uh, the Tar Heels, it all comes down to three point shooting. And actually, in the first half tonight against Notre Dame, North Carolina had a total of five made field goals, and could not could not buy a three. And when the Tar Heels are hitting threes, they can look like a pretty good team. They blew out Clemson a couple weeks ago when a bunch of us were on Clemson, getting eight points in that Saturday game, and had, they had no trouble with the Tigers. Uh, but it's going to come down to uh, can they hit the three and how well will Virginia defend the three-point line in that game? Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually leaning towards North Carolina. I'm probably not going to play it. I, as of right now, it's not going to be a play for me. I think you just have – when you look back at last season, North Carolina got hot, like you said, in the middle of February, totally turned the season around. It looked like it was going to be a team that missed the tournament. And it was about this time a year ago where uh, Carolina turned it around, made that big run, beat Duke in the Coach K's final game at Cameron, beat Duke in the Final Four. Uh, those were two of the greatest wins Carolina's ever had, uh, but outside of a national championship game. But this team has been the most disappointing in the country by far, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the perimeter shooting. But also, Tim, you got problems in the locker room, this rumored – love triangle with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Davis's girlfriend – Obviously, it's caused, uh, if that's true, and a lot of people say it is, caused some problems uh, within this team. And uh, problems would go deeper than what you can see when uh, you watch Carolina on the court. So, I don't know. Does Carolina get its first quad one win? I would uh, I'd lean that way. I think it's probably going to happen just because I'm not a Virginia guy. Like, I really thought Notre Dame had a shot to beat Virginia last Saturday, getting 13 and a half points. You know, and the game came down to the last minute. So if, if Notre Dame can almost pull that off on the road, why can't North Carolina do it at home 
Uh, so kind of lean that way, but it's uh, it's a little bit tough to get behind the Tar Heels uh, right now. You just you just don't know if they're going to come out hot shooting the three. Yeah, uh, a couple other thoughts from Wednesday night as we transition mm-hmm. into Thursday here. Yeah. Um, you know, Big Ten home teams just continue to be cash cows, both Maryland uh, and uh, um, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin take care of business. Uh, they are now uh, Jim Root passed along this nugget. Um, Mar- uh, Big Ten teams in league play on their home court now seventy one and forty one against the spread as both Maryland covers the big number, 15 and a half point favorite in Wisconsin. Uh, they opened as a dog and uh, flipped to a favorite. I know you were on the Badgers tonight against Iowa. Uh, home court is, uh, is, is the real deal uh, in this conference. Now 30 games above, uh, above 500, 71 and 41 for home court. And that leads us into mm-hmm. uh, three games on Thursday. And we'll start, with a uh, 6.30 Eastern tip time, Ohio State, who has just been dreadful, lost 13 of 14, eight in a row, and they're hosting Penn State. And, Matt, they are the favorite in this spot. So do you fade a team in Ohio State who has just been horrendous and got their butts kicked on Sunday against Purdue? And really, I mean, you look at their last – handful of games 27 point loss to Purdue 17 point loss to Iowa 21 point loss to Michigan State that was at home Mm -hmm. Northwestern they lost at home six point loss here comes Penn State a team that you and I backed last week and Jalen Pickett went off and we were very happy about that but is this a spot where you just keep fading a team like Ohio State Matt or does Ohio State finally get back in the win column uh after an eight game losing streak well, Zed Key's out for the season. Looks like he's going to have shoulder surgery. That's bad. That's more bad news for the Buckeyes. I don't see how you can. Uh, I don't see how you can make much of a case to bet the Buckeyes right now. Uh, like you said, they lost thirteen of fourteen. It's kind of it's inexplicable when you look back at it. January first, Ohio State won at Northwestern seventy three to fifty seven. And if you look at the Big Ten standings now, you'll say, "How the hell did that happen?" Because the Buckeyes are second from last, and Northwestern is a second-place team in the conference. How did Ohio State win by 16 on the road in Evanston? You mentioned that Jalen Pickett went off for 41 points in that game against Illinois. I think you got to play the desperate team here. I've already bet this. I played Penn State plus two tonight, and um, this is a win that Penn State's absolutely got to have. When you're looking at Big Ten teams on the cut line to make the tournament, Nittany Lions cannot afford to lose in Columbus. They're seven and nine in league play. They've got to get a win like this, and I think Jalen Pickett's uh, going to be the best player on the floor. I'll take Penn State in a bucket in that game. And uh, you know, I we talked about this a little bit last week, but has this Chris Holtman? I think has got to be on the way out in Columbus. And uh, has this team quit on him, Tim? Because you said they lost by seventeen at Iowa, but that was a far more lopsided game than that. And uh, the loss at home to Michigan State was a miserable performance uh, by the Buckeyes. I can't make a case for him here. Hopefully Jalen Pickett shows up again and uh, carries the Nittany Lions to win. I got Penn State plus two. All right, two other games in the Big Ten. You got Illinois as a favorite over Northwestern. Northwestern uh, continues to churn out victories. They've won now five in a row. Uh, the last time you and I uh, sat down and chatted, 
Indiana was uh, just come off that loss. They came back on the road in Evanston, and uh, ultimately it was the, uh, the Boo Booey uh, game winner. Maybe a push off, definitely a push off. Doesn't get called. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that you know Matt and I are upset about it or anything. But Northwestern responded and won again. Uh, they've won three straight at home, five straight altogether, including road wins at Wisconsin and Ohio State. Is this the spot, though, Matt? that Northwestern finally sees their five-game winning streak come to a close. And I know something that you like to note, I bet uh, I bet on it too, unless, you know, of course, you're Wake Forest, uh, the revenge spot. And Northwestern beat Illinois back on January 4th in Evanston by a Baker's Dozen. So does Illinois get their revenge from an earlier season loss? And uh, once again, home Big Ten team here. They're laying five, pretty decent-sized number here. Uh, yes, I like to bet on these conference revenge spots. And uh, the Purple Cats are much more dangerous when they're at home. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you look at the Big Ten standings right now, Northwestern's 11-5. and five. I actually think Purdue's got three games left. Purdue's 13-4. and four, Probably going to win two of the final three to finish 15-5. and five. Uh, Northwestern's got a really tough schedule here down the stretch. I, I don't think the... Uh, the, the Cats can catch Purdue in the standings. Purdue's probably going to win the outright championship. But, Tim, look at the Big Ten standings. It's a hound's breakfast. Uh, aside from Northwestern, all other teams in the conference have seven league losses or more. It, it's crazy. And, uh, actually, I think a key when you're betting this game and uh, Illinois a five-point favorite, I'll probably play the Illini, but I think I'll play them on a money line parlay. I'm just not comfortable laying the points, and I hate betting favorites anyway. But – uh the thing about it is, is Terrence Shannon going to be back on the floor? Uh, he, he missed the Indiana game with a concussion. I assume he's going to be back for this game in Champaign. And he's the leading scorer, averaging 17 and a half a game, so it's going to be important for him to be out there. Assuming Shannon plays, I like Illinois to win, but I'm not real crazy about uh, laying the five. Well, it's, uh, it's contractually obligated that I bring up this. Uh, the old unranked home team against the ranked team mm-hmm. and the unranked team is the favorite. Uh, we saw Michigan state take care of business as the unranked favorite over uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, this system trend, however you want to define it is 30 and 14 against the spread this year. And if you remove the times that uh, Miami was the underdog, it's 30 and 10 because Miami has uh, actually bucked this trend four times, including earlier this week. Uh, against Virginia Tech. So I- I'm with you. I'm going to pair Illinois uh, in a money line parlay. And honestly, Matt, I think I'm just going to roll it into a Big Ten home team Rutgers. money line parlay because we've got Rutgers <laughs> taking on Michigan uh-huh. and uh, they are laying six. So you've got what, minus 250, minus 210, very palatable money line parlay there. And, you know, Rutgers at the rack, 12 and four against the spread this year. Um, you know, and, and one of those was a, a loss early season uh, outright to Seton Hall. This is a team that rarely loses at home. Now, they did lose to Nebraska by 10, which was mm-hmm. one of the more bizarre results of the year, <laughs> losing at home to Nebraska. But, you know, Jed Howard's banged up. Uh, I think I saw a uh, quote from Phil Martelli, their associate head coach, hoping that he's in you know uniform, not in his sweatsuit. Uh, he got banged up in the Michigan game or Michigan State game, I should say, on Saturday night. So 
Uh, Rutgers coming off a nice win, uh, beat Wisconsin on the road. Um, but Michigan off a rivalry victory, yes. Matt, uh, I'm going to back uh, Rutgers here uh, in this spot. And I think I'm going to pair them up with Illinois in a money line parlay. Well, you kind of read my mind. We got the same notes on this game because that's what I was looking at too. I don't want to lay the six. <laughs> I don't want to lay the six with Rutgers. Like, I'm not crazy about ever laying more than three points in a game. But uh, I think Rutgers is a side. Illinois is the side. So money line parlay those two. Let's go with that. And by the way, I just looked. Terrence Shannon still listed day to day for that game tomorrow night. So I'm not going to make that bet really until I see what's going to happen with him. I'd be a lot more confident if I knew he was going to play. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's uh, let's stay on Thursday. Um, got a Pac-12 showdown. UCLA on the road at Utah. So you've got UCLA, number four in the country, catching seven. Um, I have a hunch on where you're going on this one as uh, UCLA, a team that's, I think, garnering some, some s- serious buzz when it comes to, you know, some futures title odds and, and all of that. But uh, laying seven on the road in Salt Lake City, late night game, uh, I believe uh, eight, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, I want to say nine o'clock Mountain. So a late night game should be a pretty good crowd there in Salt Lake. Yeah, you know where I'm headed here. I love the home dogs, especially if they're well coached and uh, they're going to be fired up. You remember what Utah did to Arizona in Salt Lake City? I think yep. uh, the, I think the Bruins are going to have their hands full in this game. They've uh, they did uh, lose. Uh, let's see, the Bruins lost on the road at Arizona. They've been pretty good on the road aside from that all season. In fact, I saw Mick Cronin say. It was uh, comical that UCLA was ranked eighth in the initial uh, bracket seating that was announced last week. I think the last of the number two seeds, and I agree with him. I think you can make a case UCLA is the number four team uh, right now. The last time the Bruins played the Utes, it was in L.A. January 12th. Uh, UCLA won that game by 19. I think this could be a much closer game here. Uh, this Utah team with Brandon Carlson, nobody ever talks about this guy, but a seven-foot senior 16.4 points, 7.4 rebounds. He can step out and hit a three. He's a really talented guy. Uh, I think uh, the Utes are going to be live dogs in this game. Uh, but UCLA is probably going to hold off Arizona, win the Pac-12. And, Tim, that's one futures bet I haven't made yet that I, I've got to make. I'm going to shop around, mm-hmm. see what the best number I can find on the Bruins is because I UCLA looks like a Final Four team to me. That, that has nothing to do with, with what's going to happen in Salt Lake City on uh, Thursday night because it's funny how these rankings change. A team loses, well, you got to drop them from number one, drop them down from number one to number three or four or five. And, you know, it's just it's a game of musical chairs and the rankings in the top ten. These top ten teams have been losing on the road routinely. And uh, it's, tough to lay a, mm-hmm. it's tough to lay a number like seven, um, like the Bruins are in Salt Lake City tomorrow night. So I have not bet this yet, but I will be. I'm on Penn State plus two, and I'll be on Utah I saw seven. I was going to wait to see maybe if I could get a little bit better, but I'll be on the Utah side. Yeah, Utah pretty much consensus as we record this on Wednesday night as a seven-point underdog. Uh, No place for me in either one of these games. I was hoping one of these teams would be on the road, Uh, but we do have the big uh, West Coast Conference showdown, which we're going to get to in just a little bit. Uh, Zags and Gales on Saturday night, both have games where they're laying massive numbers on <laughs> Thursday. And when we talk about it in college football, you know you know, I love my look-ahead spots, but St. Mary's laying 19 against Pacific. Uh, Gonzaga laying 23 
against San Diego. Uh, both of those teams really uh, nothing uh, nothing too uh, fancy about either one of those teams. Um, and uh, the Zags, uh, by the way, uh, for some reason, Gonzaga has a March 1st game against Chicago State uh, that was added, I guess, before they come to the West Coast Conference Tournament. So uh, Mark Few uh-huh. adding a, a late regular season game, interestingly enough there. Um, but yeah, uh, potential look ahead spots, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe look to uh, just hold your nose and, and back a dog. Uh, San Diego, not a very good team. They're sitting there at 11 and 17. And I think Pacific on the season is uh, 13 and 16. They've lost, uh, you know, four out of five here as well. So I was, I was looking, maybe we, we get a little bit of a peek ahead. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I might just stay off both of those games. Well, it's, you're thinking the right way about it. I mean, if I played anything here, I'd probably be small bets on the dogs because I do think it's a look-ahead spot. There's a lot on the line in that West Coast Conference game on Saturday night in Spokane, so I think these teams are going to be looking ahead a little bit. I wish the opponents were a little bit different, but uh, I would take yeah the uh, probably take the points with those two ugly dogs if I played that at all. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to play it, but that's uh, the way I, I might be looking at that on uh, thir- on Thursday night. Yeah, those are the only ways you can look. Uh, we don't have lines in these games. We'll run through them once again. Uh, Matt and uh, whoever his guest is, maybe it'll be me uh, from the Friday night show. We'll have you uh, with lines and bets on uh, in your feed on Saturday morning. But Matt, real quickly, I know the Mountain West is a conference that you keep a very close eye on. Friday night, you've got three games, Wyoming, Colorado State, Air Force, here in Vegas, taking on UNLV, and then Nevada and Fresno State. So uh, in, in those spots, anything you're you're hoping to catch in either uh, any of those three spots? Well, in terms of the, uh, the Cowboys and the Colorado State Rams, I'll be looking at uh, Colorado State, if anything, there. Isaiah Stevens, outstanding player. 18.5 points, shooting 40% from three. Uh, the Wyoming team's just been wrecked by injuries. At the bottom of the Mountain West, this was a team that was uh, picked by some to win the Mountain West. I thought might have the two best players in the conference going into it, and it's just been uh, a total disaster in terms of injuries for the Cowboys. And I think Colorado State, off that uh, 19-point loss at San Diego State, probably in a, a pretty good spot there. But I would not want to lay more than like uh, three. That might be a money line favorite that I look at. Air Force at UNLV. Rebels are going to win that game, but you just can't lay a number with this team right now. The, the Rebels are not defending. Uh, the shot selection's poor. Uh, I don't like the way they're playing right now, but Colorado State and UNLV would be two favorites I expect to win. I'm not going to bet on them to cover. And then Nevada at Fresno. Uh, here's one thing I've noticed with Fresno. You can play this team as a dog. You cannot bet Fresno as a favorite. And uh, Fresno lost as a home favorite against Colorado State. <laughs> Uh, last weekend, and uh, I, I kind of like Fresno in the home dog role against Nevada. We saw a week ago, Tim, one of the ugliest games of the college basketball season. San Diego State went to Fresno, and Aztecs won 45-43, to and Fresno was an eight-and-a-half-point dog in that game. I'm not sure what the number is going to be here. I'm thinking it's going to be around four, um, maybe uh, four-and-a-half, something like that, but I, I might play the Bulldogs as home dogs in that game against Nevada. When you look at the Mountain West, New Mexico's playing a little bit better now. I still think it's a conference that only gets three teams into the tournament. Mountain West has lost eight straight NCAA tournament games. 
Uh, so I, I don't think the conference deserves more than three, but San Diego State's going to be one. Boise's probably going to be one. And you got Nevada, Utah State, New Mexico kind of fighting for uh, what that third spot's going to be. So it's an important game for Nevada, but I think the Bulldogs could be live home dogs on Friday night. And uh, as we record right now, we don't know the outcome of New Mexico and Boise State. Jalen House is back, which is uh, just a completely different ball game for New Mexico, a New Mexico team that looked completely disinterested against Wyoming uh, without Jalen House and lost that game at home. Yep. So I want to spin that to Saturday night at the pit, uh, New Mexico hosting San Diego State uh, earlier this year. San Diego State actually lost in Viejas uh, against New Mexico, which is a pretty hard, hard thing to do. So the revenge factor is coming uh, from the road team here. I imagine this game, Matt, San Diego State, maybe a slight road favorite, maybe pick somewhere in that ballpark. Is there anything you're looking for for Saturday night uh, at the pit between New Mexico and San Diego State? Yeah, my number on that right now is San Diego State minus two and a half. So we'll see uh, what the opener is. But uh, again, this is a conference revenge spot. And I think the Aztecs do get revenge here. Uh, you're, you're talking about an Aztecs team that's an elite defensive team. Uh, let's see, on the on the Kim Palm ratings, number 17 in uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, Aztecs defend, they rebound. We've actually had some guys like Adam Seiko step up and really shoot well from three-point range. New Mexico is interesting to me because uh, the Lobos don't play much defense. And typically a team that doesn't play defense against a team that's great on the defensive end of the floor, you want to bet on the team that's great on the defensive end, and that's uh, San Diego State. So can it, can they slow down the guards, Jamal Mashburn Jr., Jalen House? Uh, I think so. I'll probably bet the Aztecs here, but you got to be careful. I, I don't want to lay more than two, really, in that game at the pit. We'll see how the one turns out tonight in Boise. It's back and forth right now. Boise State's on top of New Mexico, 51-50 with 12 minutes to go. If the, if the Lobos win this game tonight in Boise, I think they'll be a really good bet against on Saturday. But, Tim, if I didn't have to work Saturday night, I've got a solo host a three-hour show Saturday night. You know what that's like, solo hosting a three-hour show, right? You did a couple of those this week. Um, <laughs> if I didn't have to do that, right. yeah. I, if I didn't have to do that, I would probably catch a flight to Albuquerque and go to the pit to watch this game because it is one of my favorite spots in all of college basketball uh, to watch uh, games. And I think the atmosphere is going to be off the hook for this Aztecs-Lobos game on Saturday night. But uh, – as of right now, if I could get, you know, Aztecs minus one and a half, two, something like that, I'd probably play San Diego State. Well, if I uh, if I had an opportunity to uh, to grab a flight, I would head to Spokane, uh, go to the kennel uh -huh. on Saturday yeah. night. These games will be going on at the same time. Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, remember, St. Mary's three and a half point favorite against the Zags uh, in Moraga a couple weeks ago. Game goes to overtime. St. Mary's gets the cover. Aiden Mahaney went nuts late in that game. Logan Johnson was awful uh, for St. Mary's. Uh, but this is a revenge spot, obviously, for the Zags. They're at home. They will be the favorite. And I'll say this, Matt. You know, Gonzaga, I thought, really hadn't played all that well. Um, I bet against them <laughs> last Thursday night, uh, mm -hmm. which was a revenge spot. Loyola Marymount who they lost to at home, 
They went to Loyola Marymount and put up 68 points in the first half. Now, I don't anticipate that to happen on Saturday night, but Mark Few and the Zags, when they are pissed off and when they're in a revenge spot, who boy, you better watch out. Uh, I, I'm going to be on the Zags on Saturday night. Uh, I'm curious what that number will open at, and I would imagine many people are going to think like me and probably you, if I had to guess, Matt, because I know you love revenge spots, uh, to look to back the Zags on Saturday night. Well, it's kind of a sore subject with me because in that Circa College Hoops Challenge, I was on Gonzaga plus four in the first meeting, and the Zags led the whole way, blew it at the end, and then lost. What did they lose by an overtime? Eight, ten, something like that? Eight. And uh, I believe Mahaney banked in a three at one point, and he had back-to-back possessions where Zags players – just fell down in the lane and lost the ball. It was a total disaster uh, losing that uh, plus four. I think you were on the other side of that uh, with St. Mary's. but I was. I was very fortunate. I don't... You know, that's. I, I think the Zags do get revenge here, uh, but I'm probably not going to be laying the points. Uh, I did take the points of BYU against St. Mary's on Saturday night. You did too, right? So we both uh, had a winner against the Gales. Yes, I did. And that one. Uh, I don't, I'm not, Tim, I'm just not as impressed as some people are with St. Mary's. Okay. And I know a lot of it has to do with the Ken Palm rating, which is number eight in the country right now. The adjusted offense is 35. The defense is seven. It's a really good defensive team, but I'm not sure this team has enough offense when they run up against uh, some of these better power five type of teams in a tournament setting. I'm not totally buying into St. Mary's here. Uh, I could be wrong, but I just, I'm not as high as other people are on the Gales. Uh, I don't think Gonzaga's as great as it has been the past uh, five or six years either, but it's a really good spot for the Zags. I want to see what you made the number. I made the number here, Zags minus five and a half. What do you got? Ooh, I, I would think the market's going to be in the three and a half range. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be my guess. If it's three and a half, I would think you'd be more inclined to lay the three and a half, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. And I'll say this about Gonzaga, Matt, because yeah. because I, I agree with you. And I think most people who watch college basketball agree, right? This is not a vintage Gonzaga team. This They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a you know Chet Holmgren, a Collins, a, a Suggs. But what they do have is a team that is seems like kind of hitting its stride offensively. And, you know, they have now emerged, not that they were anything further down, uh, but they're the number one team in adjusted offensive efficiency right now in the country. Mm-hmm. Defense is not great, um, but you know I'll say this, and and I'm not you know Loyola Marymount is a is a pretty darn good offensive team, and they really bottled them up in that uh, ass kicking that they handed them you know just uh, last week. So um, you know I, I think Gonzaga's kind of I don't know if they're hitting their peak, Matt, but I feel like they're playing their best basketball right now. And I tend to agree with you about St. Mary's. You know, we talked about it last week where I, I can't get a St. Mary's future. I can't get a Tennessee future. These these no. defensive-minded teams really struggle. And I think Gonzaga at home with what will be a remarkably a remarkable crowd, we know that, at the kennel for senior night, um, it's going to be a wild atmosphere. And I, I expect the Zags to get their revenge. And, you know, we'll uh, – We'll see if they could put it on them because we know um, 
You know, they don't like losing to St. Mary's. It doesn't happen often, and and they're going to want to get back at them. Yeah, and then another thing is um, the home team gets the calls, right? It's tough to uh, yeah. <laughs> you look at some of these rivalry games. Yeah, I, I think back to North Carolina Duke a couple weeks ago, and Carolina couldn't get to the free throw line. A lot of times in these uh, rivalry games when the crowd's jacked up like this, the calls favor the home team, and uh, it's tough to bet the road team in, in some of these type of games. That's I, that's why I know my lines a tick high. I actually my, – my true number on this game was like four and a half. I bumped it up to five and a half because I think if it's any lower, you're going to get a lot of Zags money, and I, I just think the Zags do get revenge in the spot. And I'm not as high as, like I said, a lot of people are on St. Mary's. So you remember as much hype as Aiden Mahaney gets, he's a good player. And that win at BYU, he hit the winning shot, like a 12 foot turnaround fadeaway. He had only 10 points in that game. Uh, that's why I think if you slow him down, which I think that's going to be the Zags defensive focus that, uh, they got a really good shot to win this game and maybe win it going away. They've ruled this conference for two decades, Tim, and their their rule is being threatened by St. Mary's here, and that's why I think you're going to see a big effort from the Zags. Yeah, and uh, I believe – I don't think that Chicago State game will be senior night, um, so this will be the <laughs> you know the, the night to honor Drew Timmy, who's uh-huh. been there for, I think, a decade, may or may not be the mayor of Spokane, you know, by the time he, uh, he departs Gonzaga. So, you know, also keep that – in mind um you know like i've said on friday you will get all our picks all the breakdowns from matt's show we'll put it here in the feed the final hour of the saturday bet prep show but i i do want to hit on a couple saturday games that that jump out at you uh and we'll just kind of go rock uh rapid fire here uh alabama fresh off of their overtime victory against south carolina they'll be at home in tuscaloosa against arkansas um, you know, is Arkansas, Matt, figuring some things out? Is this a team that you want to bet on right now? They've won two in a row, granted against Florida and Georgia, but won those both convincingly. Uh, they might be catching double digits here. Is this a spot to look to back Woo Pig Suey? I might, uh, because I talked about the distractions with the Tide. Now, Brandon Miller was not distracted tonight while he scored 41 points, but obviously Alabama – didn't bring its A game to South Carolina. And I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen here, but I do think the arrow is pointing up on Arkansas a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy because you beat Florida and Georgia. I think those are uh, mediocre basketball teams at best right now. But I'm tempted here. If I can get 10 or more, and I think I will, I'm tempted to bet uh, Eric Musselman in this spot. Uh, because I do think the distractions are going to be a lot for this Alabama team to handle. I'm watching uh, Sports Center right now as we're talking. And of course, they got a reporter live at South Carolina. They're talking about the Alabama story. This story's not going to go away, Tim. So, and, and by that, mm-hmm. uh, aside from that, Arkansas is playing uh, better basketball, too. I thought uh, the Razorbacks kind of let one get away at Texas A&M uh, last week. And I like Musselman a lot. And I think that uh, even though his team seems to have some issues. You got a lot of uh, young guys who probably think they're one and done players, and that's not an ideal situation. The chemistry hasn't been very good for this Arkansas team. I think the situation might set up uh, pretty well for Arkansas after Bama survived, barely survived tonight at South Carolina. All right, last two games to hit on. The big R in both of these games the revenge spot. Texas. 
going to Baylor. Baylor's now dropped two in a row. They lost to Kansas State uh, after they fell to Kansas last weekend, while Texas, on the other hand, Matt, has won two in a row, uh, snuck one out against Oklahoma as a double-digit home favorite, uh, won that one in OT, and then smoked Iowa State earlier this week. Uh, Texas will be a short road dog here. Uh, is this a spot for Baylor to A, get revenge, and B, get right after dropping two in a row? I think so. Uh, the Bears had a uh, tough road trip, and I, they need a, a get-right type of spot here. Baylor's got arguably the best backcourt in college basketball. I don't know what happened in that second half against K-State, but coming back to Waco in a revenge spot against Texas, I like the Bears. Like you said, the Longhorns won the first meeting 76-71. That was on January 30th. Uh, I think this is a, a spot to either bet Baylor or pass. And uh, right now, if I had to rank the teams in the Big 12, I still, despite what happened this week, I still got Baylor the number two team in that conference behind Kansas. Yeah, and I, I have a Baylor future, and, uh, you know, I know the defense. The defense scares me, but that offense, if they can get going and they get the right gear, and like yeah. you mentioned, they got they got a dynamic backcourt. Uh, I think that's a team that is worth having uh, in your futures portfolio, and you still could get a decent price on them. Final one I want to hit on, Matt. No, but Tim, before we jump to that, did you make lines? Did you make lines on these yet? Because I got Baylor five over Texas. We should talk about that. Do you have a number on that yet? Uh, I don't. Um, if I had to guess how the market will open it, you know, Ken Palm has it at two. I would think the revenge uh, and you know, kind of the 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 bounce back type of thing will be uh, built in. My guess would be in the three and a half, four range, Matt. Okay. All right. You know, I, I make my numbers and I don't look at Ken Palm first. I don't like to be influenced by what I see on the Ken Palm site. And I just sure. make my own numbers and go off that. All right. Yeah. I, that would be my guess in that, in that three and a half, four range. I hope we get a three. I would, you know, I would jump on a three for Baylor um, yeah. because obviously the books, the books that we have access to here in, in Vegas uh, at least I, I'm not aware of uh, overnight money lines, uh, so we have to be uh, laying numbers uh, early and then uh, money lines in the morning. Um, so, uh, and then yeah, last one I want to hit on here, and uh, like I said, we'll we'll hit on plenty of these games on on your show. Purdue, Indiana. I think you, me, multiple others uh, in the contest were on Indiana at home. In uh, what seemed to be a great spot, they were they were laying. I think ultimately closed a favorite right. against Purdue uh, on that uh, on that Saturday in early February. They were up big. They blew the lead. Ultimately won the game. And since then, Purdue's looked human. Right? They've they've gone two and two since then. Got right last week. Going to have six days off going into this game, Matt, against Indiana at home. Uh, you know. Better than most, uh, how difficult it is to win at Mackey. So this is going to be a pretty big number, and I know you don't like laying big numbers. I would think this is going to be eight, nine, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, does Purdue get it get it done here? And uh, could you be looking potentially, because I know you don't like laying big numbers, to be taking points with Indiana? Well, it just depends how big, how big the number comes here. I've got Purdue as a seven-point favorite in this game. And like you said, the situation sets up a lot better. Purdue's chasing a Big Ten outright title here. This would be a huge win to get it. Revenge against Indiana. The first time around, I absolutely love the Hoosiers in that game. I had it circled for a month. And uh, this time, I do expect uh, Boiler Rankers to get the revenge in this spot. Uh, like I said, they shoot the three. They just shoot in general so much better. 
on their home floor in Mackey than they do anywhere else. And um, the Hoosiers just, uh, you know, walked into a really tough spot in East Lansing on Wednesday night and got overwhelmed by Michigan State in the second half. And now they got to play back-to-back road games, go to West Lafayette where uh, the crowd's going to be electric. And uh, I think a lot of things line up and produce favor here. That said, I've got the number at seven. If it comes much higher than that, I might think about taking uh, the points with Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis is playing at an incredible level. Uh, right now, you know, it looks like Zach Eady at Purdue is going to be the player of the year, but you got guys like Jalen Wilson in Kansas, who's who's uh, been playing as at a elite level for a long time. Trace Jackson Davis, I think, right now is the biggest threat to Zach Eady winning player of the year. And the first time these teams got together, Eady had thirty three points, and TJD had a huge game too. Uh, the one thing about Indiana to keep in mind here, Tim, and I've got a future on the Hoosiers of 50-1, to 1, when Xavier Johnson, the point guard, comes back, they're a much better team, especially a much better defensive team, and I don't think Johnson's going to be back for this game on Saturday. But that might be something to watch in the Big Ten tournament where I think Indiana could be a dangerous team, is that when they get their point guard back, who's one of their best defensive players, watch out, because I think this Indiana team's got a lot of upside. But in this spot, Purdue's probably the play. And once again, like we mentioned earlier, uh, after Wednesday night, 71 and 41 are home teams in the Big Ten covering uh, so far this year. All right, that is going to do it. Just a a quick recap uh, with the games that are out so far. Uh, I think Matt and I have a a common play, which, uh, you know, we don't go against each other all that often, if you recall from the College Football Betting Podcast. Uh, We are on a Rutgers Illinois money line parlay, and then uh, Matt, you also like uh, the Utes catching uh, catching some points at home on Thursday night. Yeah, I played Penn State plus two at Ohio State. I'm going to play Utah at least plus seven against UCLA. I think you might actually get a better number than seven on Thursday, so I'm, I'm going to wait till tomorrow to bet that. But Penn State, Utah is dogs. Illinois Rutgers money line parlay, and then all the stuff we talked about. Uh, for Saturday. Follow the Circa College Hoops Challenge, and uh, hopefully uh, we can put together a good Saturday. Tim, nice uh, bounce back Saturday for you uh, last week. Yeah, needed that one. So uh, trying to still trying to catch up 13-11-1 right now through, uh, through what has it been, five weeks, Matt? So uh, hopefully we can Bounce back again and keep it rolling and uh, gain traction on uh, Will Hill, Jim Root, and uh, Hoops Peterson, who are all in front of me right now. But, uh, Matt, that's going to do it. You'll be back in this feed on late Friday night, early Saturday morning with your final hour of your Saturday Brett prep, bet prep show. Uh, and don't worry with the, uh, the new schedule change, Matt. Can you uh, let the people know, is Friday night still going to be a hoops-heavy night, even with you heading uh, – heading things up with uh, Wes Reynolds on live bet tonight. Yeah, it's going to be called uh, V-CIN tonight. It's not necessarily going to be a live betting show anymore. It's just V-CIN tonight, but it's going to be college hoops heavy, obviously all the way through March, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And the last hour of that Friday show is still going to be all hoops. And actually the Friday night show is basically going to be all college hoops all the way through uh, the month of March, Tim. So, Uh, I think uh, we'll look forward to appearances by you and Hoops Peterson again in the uh, final hour 
on Sun on uh, Friday night this week. Sounds great. There he is, Matt Humans. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Humans two four seven. I'm at one Tim Murray. Uh, as we always like to say, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, we do have a college basketball betting podcast for Matt Humans. I'm Tim Murray. We'll talk to you late Friday night right here in this feed. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.